This episode of Geeks Crossing is brought to you by today's sponsor, Anchor. Ever wanted to start a podcast but can't find the right platform to work with? Don't worry, Anchor has you covered. Anchor is a free audio app that allows you to record a podcast on any device no matter where you are. Anchor includes an editing feature that allows you to customize your podcast, whether it be on your computer or mobile device, so you can easily omit any errors or unnecessary parts. Anchor also allows you to distribute your podcast to other platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or even Google Podcasts, which is amazing. Did I mention the part about making money? No? Well, you could be earning money every time someone listens to your podcast with no minimum listenership. If that's not the easiest way to make a podcast, I don't know what is. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Holy crap! Mario's dead! Are you kidding me? It's happening again, huh? Mario is officially dead. How many times... How many times is Mario going to die? Tell me. I don't care if that was a fake out. Nah, he's dead. He is... If if Sephiroth actually tried, if he actually gave even an ounce of an F-word, Mario would have been dead, hook, line, and sicker, and every little five-year-old in the entire world will be having nightmares right now. Who'd have thought Mario's death would be at the hands of a Square Enix pretty boy? A.K.A every teenage female's husband as everybody's been reacting to say so i don't even know how to react to that wait 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 hold on what are you guys doing huh are you guys talking about sephiroth and smash without me the host look i can explain i didn't know you were there i was just kind of caught up in the moment i invite you guys on this podcast and here you are trying to take my job in starting off the intro without asking me Look what you've done, AJ. I just want to let you know, this was all Gabriel's idea. Excuse me? No, 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 no. You're not throwing me under the bus this time. I've taken enough vocal abuse from you. What do you, hold on. What do you mean throw you under the bus? We're in quarantine. I can't even come to your house right now. You're right. Which is why I've developed a method to virtually project myself at your location. And now we can hang out spiritually. All right, all right, all right. Let's start from the beginning, for real this time. How's it going, my gang of social rejects? And welcome to another Geeks Crossing podcast. I'm Eric, your host, giving you all the best geek-related content you could ask for. But today, as you probably tell by this somewhat unorthodox intro, I have two very special guests with me. So please, reintroduce yourselves professionally this time. Thank you, uh, not father. Hi there, everybody who's tuning in. My name is AJ Theosini. I am a recent college graduate, a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Design and Animation. I am a aspiring 3D modeling and 3D texture artist. I am also, as you can probably tell, very autistic about video games and any form of fictional media. My name is Gabriel Spies, but you can just call me Gabe for short. I am a hyperactive loudmouth who loves being silly and just being a bit of a goofball whenever I get the chance. I am very, very into fictional media like video games and television shows and movies, whatever it is, I'm pretty much all over it. And I just so happen to be very much into Smash Brothers, which is the current topic for today's episode because of the new character that came out. Into it? You're not into it. You play that game like it's a Christian religion, my friend. Well, maybe back then I did. Then how come it is every time we play Smash, 
every character I pick, you just erase from existence. Perhaps it's because I just seem to have a very strange grasp on characters that I play, and it kind of translates into skill, if that makes any sense at all. So here's the thing for people that are listening. Before I go off tangent, like every other podcast does, here's the thing about Gabe when it comes to Smash. Tier list, frame data, and character scaling in Super Smash Brothers. When Gabe picks up a controller, none of that matters. Not literally none of that matters. With the exception of Pichu, because Pichu has ridiculous fucking frame data for God knows how many days. But characters like Alf and Luigi, who are the middle of the middle tiers in Super Smash Brothers, have to struggle just to go up on excruciatingly difficult characters like Hero or Mewtwo or Pikachu or Peach. You can't forget my other character, Yoshi. He's super fast. People say he's super easy. And he ends lives in pretty much a millisecond, if you're not careful. Yeah, none of that matters. But anyways, you know what else doesn't matter? Literally another Final Fantasy character being in Super Smash Brothers. He's not just a Final Fantasy character. He's fucking Sephiroth, the one-winged angel, my dude. Indeed. Yes, the ultimate edge boy supreme. The ultimate villain. Like, I, I cannot tell you how much of a power scaling this is in terms of, like, each character in Smash Brothers and their respective own lore and universes. Sephiroth eviscerates the entire roster. Sephiroth will, if this was, if Smash Brothers wasn't built how it was and it was just the characters on their own power scalings and their own respective universes and series, Sephiroth would literally castrate everybody on a cross. He is the supervillain, again, nobody asked for, but as soon as it was offered on the table, everybody picked for it. He's the true main villain of Super Smash Brothers, and that the is why The fact that I'm I can now have him. Sephiroth versus Alf is pretty crazy, because now I'm going to have to watch Pikmin get completely eviscerated by his giant sword. I don't know if I'm ready for that, but got to prepare myself for it, because it's going to happen eventually. I don't think anybody's prepared, my dude. No, they very much aren't. I can already see Sephiroth completely annihilating characters like Bowser, Donkey Kong, pretty much every any heavyweight because he has a lot more range than them. So as you probably tell from this episode, Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII, aka as AJ just said, probably the biggest video game villain is now in Super Smash Bros., which is a big fucking deal. It, it is! May I mind you, this is also a really big breath of fresh air from the last I, I reveal that we about, got a couple months back. Steve. Who shall remain nameless, by the way. I'm going to castrate you, Gabe, but we can't do that right now. Basically, in this episode, we're going to be talking about Sephiroth's inclusion. You know, what do we think about them? Even though I think AJ more than enough explained how he feels about his inclusion. And, you know, what was our first reactions? And what does this mean for the future of the series in any terms of DLC characters? Now, for me, Sephiroth being in was a funny coincidence. Because my most wanted character in Smash, or I guess you could call my dream character for simpler terms, happens to also be a Square Enix character. But it is not from a fantasy game, nor is it Sora from Kingdom Hearts. It is a very obscure character that I doubt anyone watching will know about. His name is Sion Barzad, the main protagonist of a game called The Bouncer, old Square Enix game released for the PlayStation 2 in 2000. At this time, though, they were still known as Squaresoft, not Square Enix. But to continue going on, Sion is a 19-year-old bouncer at a bar named Fate. On the night of his one-year anniversary as a bouncer, a group of people belonging to the Mikado Corporation 
burst into the bar and kidnaps Sion's close friend, Dominique. Sion sets out to rescue Dominique alongside the aid of fellow bouncers, Volt Kruger and Cole Lefo. But in doing so, Sion ends up getting caught up in a much greater plot that involves world domination, to no one's surprise, and rediscovers a lot of what had been done to him in the past at the hands of a villain named Duragon C. Mikado, the leader of the Mikado Corporation and the main antagonist. Yeah, so Gabe was showing me some really interesting concept art from a bouncer book that he got from a friend. I didn't friend. get this from a friend. And he was showing me Duragon. My bad. No, no, no. I thought it was a friend who got it for you. My bad. Anyways, Durgon, if you look him up, he could pass off as a cousin or early concept of Sephiroth. Like, I understand it's fictional anatomy, it's fantasy, it's fantasy real, it's anime, but the facial features are on fucking point. I kid you not, this was kind of a coincidence. Kind of, sort of, maybe not really, but anyways... Being on the topic of the edgiest of edgy lords of all time, I've already expressed how just my mind is currently racing at right now just because of this big, gigantic reveal. And again, breath of fresh air from the last couple of reveals that we got. Super, super refreshing. But I do indeed have to say. So something I want to mention in particular about what I can see from the trailer. Now, I don't know exactly how he's going to play until I pick him up later in the month but how he looks to play not how he feels but how he looks currently he seems to have obviously a lot of long-range attacks very powerful abilities that cohesively fuck over the other character but some of them if you pay attention very closely they are very telegraphed when he activates the one winged angel from his back and then he's doing the when he's doing his forward smash or that Virgil judgment cut rap, rapid slash ability. If you look very closely, he's winding up very long for that. So I have a feeling that's going to compensate for the amount of ridiculous range that's going to happen with all his moves, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just I, my hope is that he doesn't become what me and my other friends like to say, over smashified to the point where he's too simple to the point where it doesn't feel like he's from the series too much. What I mean by that is Bayonetta, for example, is a perfect example of this. She should have a ton more weapons and a ton of more abilities that she should have had in her retrospective games, but she doesn't really have a lot of that. She has witch time, she has the guns, but she doesn't have any of the unique hair type abilities or, or other weapon abilities that she has within her video, within her games. Sephiroth, I'm expecting the supernova, the different variations of Omni Slash, the different type of other magical abilities that it has it's, again it's been forever since i played final fantasy 7 i'm curious to see how his counter works because again we have so many other characters that can counter i'm wondering if it does something else how many more fucking counters do we need in this dude series? as an alpha main i dread the inclusion of more counters i mean then again marth is one of my mains in this series and i love his counter but even i'm getting to that point where okay they oversaturate counterattacks too much in the I series. I think this is definitely a result of the constant backlash and outcry to projectile characters. So now it's just like, oh, let's just give every new character a counter so that people will shut up about projectiles being too broken or too brain dead or stuff like that. There are some counter exceptions that make them unique. Like Palutena's counter is also happens to be a reflector, not just a counter. Granted, 
King K. Rule also has the same ability, but it's still something that's new. It's like combining a reflector and a counter. In Cinewar's counter, the revenge, that's literally an interesting, unique mechanic because he's not attacking right away. He's absorbing that attack and he's infusing the damaging, not necessarily not that, but damage output into literally any of his other attacks. So that is a cool concept. I'm curious to see how that type of counter is going to work. If it's rather than just a counter, what if he can charge it into building up a different type of an attack? What if he turns it into an invincibility shield over time? What if it becomes an even stronger counter or even just super invincibility frames when he gets a one-winged angel ability? That's another thing, the one-winged angel. I'm curious to see if it's a transformation ability or if he gets it at a certain percentage like Terry. I think it's a final smash. But then again, I've only seen the reveal trailer once, so I can't say for sure. No, the, the one winged angel, I'm not talking about when he becomes Saf or Sephiroth. I'm talking about when, when the wings sprouts from his back. That's not a Final Smash. That's a transformation. Oh, sure. that goes I to show play. how much I know my Final Fantasy. <laughs> I still need to play Final Fantasy VII. I know the remake's been out for over a year. This year, actually. Oh. It, it's okay. It's okay if you didn't remember. It's been, it's been a tough year. We all know that. But yeah, <laughs> Sephiroth long-ranged stupid. I noticed that I can't we've been wait. getting a lot of long-ranged fighters recently, because Minmin is pretty much a long-ranged fighter. Byleth is a long-ranged fighter, and now we're getting Sephiroth, who's also a long-ranged fighter. I didn't think about it until you point that out, Gabe. <laughs> I guess only I would know these things, huh? Well, you play Smash religiously compared to the three of us. Indeed. Yeah, like, again, playing a Pichu main where he's not necessarily long range. It's just that all his attacks just make his entire body a oh, hitbox yeah. rather Playing than against Pichu, you cannot let up against him. And I have taught that to many people the hard way. Gabe, we've known each other for years, and it still astonishes me how you managed to get Pichu as your main. Like, you actually went out of your way to make Pichu of all characters Of course! He's just my favorite Smash character of all time, and is my all-time favorite Pokemon. I've been a diehard Pichu fan since I was at least about six to seven years old, and I have no intention of resigning from that. Hey, I'll give you credit. Admirable, but also, I've also taught you, Gabe, that, like, you should of never sleep not. on a cinema remain. <laughs> Believe me, I learned that shit the hard <laughs> way, too. So I guess it's my turn to talk about my thoughts about Sephiroth and Smash. I actually have mixed feelings, believe it or not. But let's focus on the positives first. Yes, as we keep mentioning before, Sephiroth is a big deal. And I'm sure, like we keep saying, no one, and I repeat, no one thought that Sephiroth of all characters would ever make it in Smash. This is what I love about Smash Brothers. They always play with our expectations. Literally, every time when there's a new game or help, in this case, a DLC roster on the horizon, everybody goes into like speculation about, okay, why this character should be in, oh, this character won't work because of either technical issues or what franchise they're from. But here comes Sakurai. Like, he actually finds a way to make any sort of character work in Smash, which is what I love about the guy. He's a fucking god, even more than Galeem, who, mind you, got completely eviscerated by Sephiroth in the reveal trailer, which gave me chills, I'm not gonna lie. Can we? Hey, I'm gonna take a shot for Mario. He, he definitely deserves a little bit of, even though he gets attention so much from Nintendo and he's basically, you know, face forefront for millions of years he 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 deserves a shot from taking taking that Sephiroth, really really Sephiroth big hit from Sephiroth. effectively rid the world of nintendo jesus let's just put that into perspective you realize he's supposed to be he's a metaphor and also an imagery of oh. the antichrist right yeah also the move set i know you guys briefly talked about it well actually aj you went more in depth on it 
but he actually has a unique moveset. And like I said, I have yet to play Final Fantasy VII, so this is going to be a whole new experience for me. And I think you mentioned before, like, what was the name of Sephiroth's angel form? Uh, Sapphire Sephiroth, that is the name. That's where he he becomes, like, this big, giant, celestial-like entity. Because right before, I think that's going to be his final smash. What the hell is Omni Slash version 5? I was just about to say that. I think, depending on if you're playing as Cloud and you're fighting Sephiroth in Smash, Cloud will use that special final smash. You know I what think I mean? what you're trying to say is, if you're playing as Cloud and you're fighting against Sephiroth in a 1v1 with Final Smashes enabled, then you'll only ever perform version 5. But if you're fighting any other character, then you'll, all, you'll only have access to normal Omni Slash. Essentially, that's what I mean. Personally, I hope that's not the case at all. I hope that it's just a complete overriding change because it shows more of what Cloud can do in the series. That's another thing. I love Cloud, but... He got a little bit too simplified in his move set, which I'm not I'm not too angry about, but I wish he showed more of his abilities that were included in Smash rather than just being, you know, Smashified, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I think that should completely override uh regular Omni Slash, if you ask me. And now you're probably thinking, so what do I have against Sephiroth being in Smash? Well, if you guys recall that season one episode I did with Matt, shout out to Matt, by the way. Love you, buddy. Anyway, we did an episode discussing who we think the last five fighters will be in DLC Wave 2. And by the way, good on you, Matt. Steve from Minecraft actually made it to Smash. I remember seeing Steve get revealed, and I was like, holy shit, Matt's going to be happy. But anyway, going back to that episode, I mentioned that Sora from Kingdom Hearts was going to be my number one pick for Smash DLC Wave 2. And I was like, giving him so much praise, so much hype. Here comes Sephiroth. That completely diminishes Sora's chances to be in Smash, so it got me worried a bit. How ironic that both of us want Square Enix characters in Smash, but the one we end up getting did not meet any of our expectations. Though I guess in your defense, Sora's a lot more likely than Sion would ever be. But now the question is, is this going to be the last... Personally, I think so. Because if we take into consideration the amount of third-party grips we have in the game, every company, every third-party company that's represented in Smash has either two or three representatives. Capcom has three in Ryu, Ken, and Mega Man. Um, Namco has one in Pac-Man. Sega has three in Sonic, Bayonetta, and Joker. Terry is the only SNK rep. So Namco and SNK only have one rep. Uh, Capcom and Sega have three reps each. Microsoft has two reps with Banjo and Kazooie and Steve. And now Square Enix has three with um, Cloud, Sephiroth, and Hero. Personally... We thought there were rules to, like, who can get in, who can get in Smash right now. But personally, the only unconfirmed rule is that it's anything. Oh, I almost forgot. Konami also has three characters with um, Simon, Richter, and Snape. So Master Chief can still get in. Sora can still get in. Hell, at this point, I would not be shocked if Goku from Dragon Ball... I mean, Goku can never get in because he's not a video game character. Remember, the general rule for characters in Smash is that they have to originate from a video game. Technically, he's been in several video games, but I get what you're saying. He was based off of video games that was based off an anime, that was based off a manga, that was based off the creative mind of Akira Toriyama. Yep, very much. So, obviously, Sephiroth in Smash is a big deal, as we continuously say. But what does this mean for the future of Wave 2? Like, uh... I didn't care who else is going to get in Smash after Steve, because after that, I was like, well, what's the fucking point? They're not going to add anyone cool. And I think I think the plan was to put him in, like, at a later point as probably, like, the final character. But I think because of 
quite a hand chunk of people just didn't like that Steve was revealed for Smash. I think they just quickly got him in the development and quickly put him on the forefront just so it could be a little bit relieving. I think that's my theory. I think that was a smart decision if that's the case. Again, I could be fucking wrong, and I could just be a geek that's overthinking everything, you know? It's okay. I'm a geek and that I'm a geek that doesn't know how to too. think at all. But in all seriousness, yeah. the last two fighters for DLC Wave 2, are they going to be third-party reps, or do you think by some chance one of them will be a Nintendo rep? Because in that same episode, Matt and I both agreed that maybe for Wave 2, half the characters should be third-party while the others should be Nintendo reps. Because you got to remember, Smash is also a Nintendo game, if you keep bringing in third-party characters, it's just going to be the ultimate fan service, which can be both good I and bad like when you think about really it. I feel we need Smash to remember that it was, at heart, a Nintendo crossover. It was never meant to be a ultimate gaming celebration event. It was always, at its core, a Nintendo crossover. So I would like to see more Nintendo characters, just so that people are able to remember... Oh, wait, that's right. This is primarily a Nintendo gathering. This wasn't always supposed to be just, hey, look at all these historical gaming figures duking out at each other. This was supposed to be, oh, we have all the different Nintendo universes clashing together in a giant battle royale. Well, yeah, I do agree with that statement. I, and I've always had ideas of me being a big PlayStation fan of being like Kratos, Nathan Drake, Sly Cooper, Jack and Daxter. I think, now that I'm really thinking about it, I don't think they should be in Smash just because of that whole idea of Smash being a Nintendo game. So I think the smart thing to do is to, you know what, I'm just going to fucking say it. I think the right thing to do to get that message across is to put Waluigi in the game. I'm sorry. Why, Thank you. Why are you somebody? Boo- why are you booing me? I'm right. You are absolutely right, AJ. Waluigi deserves to be in Smash more than freaking Daisy. Oh no, forget Daisy. Piranha Plant. Waluigi deserves to be in Smash more than Piranha Plant, which became a meme ever, ever since Piranha his reveal. Piranha is that one character where I also was of the mindset that he didn't really have much of a place in Smash Brothers. But the more I fought him in the game and the, the more I got used to his presence, I became a lot more accepting of it. Because, yeah, he may not have much of a place in the game, but he's also, again, a Nintendo character. As much as I think he should be in there, I don't think he should be the final character. I think that's a way for to ease in fans about reminding them like hey this is not just a fan service at heart this was just about the many nintendo franchises coming together so if you as far as who i think the final character would be i gotta think about that that being said i think there should be a fighter pack three but at the same time i also have inner feelings about sakurai not killing himself over micromanaging everything that has to come with super smash brothers because that's another thing. He's been working on this game for far forever, guys. And he, he, may, he may not like to admit it just because that's how the culture is over there. But he's probably tired as all. Holy hell. He's probably just, just so dumb with everything. But at the same time, he just wants to keep going back. I do I, believe I, that Ultimate should be the very last game in the franchise. And this should be the one to cap off the series. Or at the very least, let this be the last game Sakurai developed. Now, in theory, that would be good for him to relax and finally ease away all the stress from all this fan service. 
But at the same time, and this is another concern I had when I did that episode with Matt, if you leave creative control to Nintendo, there's a good chance that they're going to fuck it up. That's why, as a base gameplay game, Brawl doesn't feel finished. And there are just so many balancing issues with the game. Like, there are some good things about it, but there's a lot of really bad things about it. Same with Melee, too. Melee, super unfinished, super unbalanced. Whoa, 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 AJ. You're hating on my favorite game. Watch it, Listen, buddy. AJ. I'm going to hit you with the why are you look, booing look, me. AJ, I'm right. Melee gave me Pichu. I have Melee to thank for Pichu being brought into my life. As I said... I'm thankful for its mark it has on video game history in terms of the competitive gaming scene and the Smash community. Even though I think sometimes some a little bit of the Smash community, uh, not exactly the healthiest community in the world. Not as bad as not not as bad as Steven Universe community when it first came out, but it has its ups and downs. That's what I'm saying. Everything has its ups and downs. I'm not tuning it down. I'm not saying it's the worst fucking game ever. I'm not saying the community is toxic as all holy hell, but ups and downs. That being said, Melee, again, thankful for everything that it's done, left its mark on history, but that game's not perfect. Nothing is perfect, but that game is, please, it's got a little problems here and there. We can all thank Fox for that. Yes, we should. But anyway, going back to the character selection, I'm hoping for at least one more Nintendo rep just to remind people that, hey, this is a Nintendo crossover, not just Ultimate Fan Service. So please, Sakurai, just give us one more Nintendo rep just to show us that this is what we originally intended Smash to be. Also, if it could be Rillaboom and or Bandana D, please, that'd be Personally, this Pikmin is my all-time favorite Nintendo franchise. I'd love to have a third Pikmin character. Maybe Louie or something? Or, you know who I've never heard talked about as an idea mm. for Smash and would be a really good idea to bump up the villains? Andros. Not gonna mm. lie, that sounds pretty weird. What do you mean? I mean, it's possible. Fucking Andros! It's possible, but... It's gonna be weird because he's all composed of polygons and shit and trying to convert that into a three-dimensional setting. I don't know. It just looks so weird then make, to me. Then, then make him, you know, updated Andros from the recent Star Fox game. Once again, another game that I have yet to play. I probably never will. Uh, after I got Pikmin P Deluxe, the Wii U's pretty much obsolete now. The Wii U was basically prototype Switch and Smash 4 is considered the expensive demo of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. You know, you make valid points, AJ. I don't give a lot of detail on it for good reason, because it's super obvious. And I'm sorry to those of you who actually like the Wii U and Smash 4, maybe your favorite game in the series. More power to you. I had a lot of fun with Smash 4. Smash 4 gave me Alf in Smash Brothers. That was his Smash Brothers debut. So I'm thankful for, to it for that. I was thankful that Smash 4 was better than Brawl. But ever since Ultimate came out, that game became obsolete to me. Have you ever gone back to Smash 4 after playing so many hours of Smash Ultimate, because I did. And let me tell you, that game feels weird now, because that game relied so much on a defensive playing style, because literally, like, air dodging at the ledge, air dodging infinitely, rolling at a certain moves were, like, some of the safest options in the game. And now, based on certain mechanics in Smash Ultimate, you can get punished for being too, too defensively. Bro, I didn't even play Smash 4 in over two years, thanks to Smash Ultimate. Don't go back to it. It's gonna feel so weird, I'm telling you. Don't worry, I have no plans of going back to it. Don't worry about it. Even if you play the same character, like, I went back playing as Mewtwo. Mewtwo's nothing like he is and how he is in Ultimate right now. Nothing. 
EVS animations. You can argue that to a casual player. He looks the same. He's not the same in any way, shape, or form. It looks like it based on the coating of paint, but there's so much more floatiness. There's so much lag to his moves, and you feel like, why do I feel so slow? Smash Ultimate, to me, feels like a game where it's very, very obvious that it's meant to be the easiest Smash game to pick up and play. It is the absolute, maybe least, skill-based in the series because there are a lot, and I mean a lot of characters who have very simple movesets. Characters with a lot of perks, like the super armor. This move deals like extreme damage if you're like far away or just a lot of other stuff that kind of diminishes the skill gap. But that's not entirely a bad thing. A lot of people like to give it a lot of hate for that. And although I definitely see its problems with that kind of design sense, it's not all bad. Melee will always be my favorite Smash Bros game, but I will give Smash Ultimate credit for how it revolutionized the series. Oh, same here. Because both games have Pichu, but Ultimate also has Luigi, Yoshi, and Alf alongside Pichu, which is basically my dream gathering. But then at the same time, the amount of nostalgia I have for Melee and also, Melee is pretty much primarily my favorite Smash game only because Peach is in it. But um, it kind of, that reasoning is not very relevant because of Ultimate existing with Peach being in that game now. It's really hard to pick between. But I think my heart says Melee at the end of the day. If only because I feel that game is a lot more fun to play. It has much better single player content. And also with friends, like when I play with you, for example, Eric, Melee is a very, very fun time, more so than Ultimate. Honestly, my heart doesn't say, in terms of like me being a video game nerd, my heart doesn't say Melee. Neither does it say Ultimate. Hell, it doesn't say any of the Super Smash Brothers games. It's a yin-yang. And that yin-yang is composed of PlayStation and Nintendo. That is where my heart will always be with the video okay. games. I respect that a lot. And in that yin-yang, you look really deep into it, there's a big little fucking island on it. And that island is composed of every single memory I have at Smash Brothers, the friends that I met, the friends that I've gotten along with, the good times, and yes, even some of the bad times. Ooh, I don't want to remember those bad but, times. Well, think about it like this. So for context, everybody, and without going into detail, Smash Brothers... We were obsessed with it a lot. We've had some good moments and some bad moments, some rage quits, some arguments. But we were young. We were stupid. Like everybody is. We're all young and stupid at some point. And something else. But we're the good we're, kind of stupid. We're still but, young and stupid. Yes. So while some of those events were unpleasant, in a way, I'm kind of thankful that it happened because we've learned from it and we've matured and we've become better people from it. And now... And we still fucking talk about this to this day. We still we still play Super Smash Brothers, and I don't play it on an everyday basis. But like, if any of you hit me up and you're like, "Hey, you want to play some Super Smash Brothers?" I'll be like, mm. "Yeah, let's do it. I'm up for that." So overall, I'm excited to see Sephiroth finally make it to Smash. Obviously, I'm still a little salty about this might diminish Sora's chances of being I'll Smash, but right now, hey, Eric, I'll give it a chance. You're being worried about Sora, bro. Sion is a character no one knows about, and it's from a game that has not had any... It has not been revived in the 20 years that it's been out. The Bouncer is a 20-year-old game that has never won, been alluded to outside of the Pence character in Kingdom Hearts 2, and it has not seen any re-releases or anything of the sort. It is one of my all-time favorite video games, but it is very obscure, and at least your character has a shot of getting in. We'll just have to wait and talk right has for this ongoing fan service. 
I'm just here slightly hoping Slide Cooper gets in, but also slightly hoping he's not. So y'all have your little fun with your Siam Bazaars and your Soars. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna, you know, go back to making the real Slide Cooper four. That's but something AJ, that's gonna come in the future, exists. ladies. And gentlemen. It was on the PlayStation 3, wasn't it? No, not what are you talking about? We never had a slide for it's okay, Gabe. You'll understand it one day. But what about you guys? Let us know in the Discord server. What are your feelings about Sephiroth being added in Smash? Are you excited? Are you pissed off for whatever reason? I mean, I have sort of a reason why I'm kind of pissed off, but you get what I mean. When quarantine ends and we can all go back to Super Smash Brothers tournaments, the one wing and Angel is coming. Yes, I'll be sure to prepare uh, myself if you and I get paired up in the tournament. Entered when I got paired with Eric and he kind of went nuts. Shut up, now, 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 just because that. of that, if we ever get paired up in the tournament again like we did last time, I'm purposely going to pick huh. someone off and fight you. Well, look, it's okay, because Pichu will be the Sephiroth counter. You can count on that. Well, anyway, thank you all for listening to yet another Geeks Crossing podcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Hopefully, we will be back soon to nerd out more on some interesting topics. And uh, stay safe, have fun, keep positive. We'll see you later. And we'll be seeing you all soon.